Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Pregnant ladies and little kids better get the hell out of the way because I am running. I'm just, I'm like Forrest Gump, dude. I am running. So... The Titanic was the biggest ship on the ocean, but that didn't mean it was unsinkable. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. I want you to use the ombudsman in a sentence next week. I got one for you. My name is Kevin, the official ombudsman to the Desperate Flight Podcast. You like apples? All right, welcome back into another edition of the Just Press Play podcast. We have the full crew together. We are not a man down. We have Pops, LJ, Uncle Tony. What's going on, fellas? What's up? What's up? Hello. Uh, it's We're recording this uh, on Tuesday night. It's now been 24 hours. Can y'all describe what the hell it was that I watched last night on uh, on Monday Night Football? And they were supposed to show a football game, and it turned into just Rugby. Uh, Blizzard and... They forgot to tell I, you this well, was rugby football L- night. No, LJ, was, was that was that your type of game? That was or? my type of game. Run the ball in defense. Let's go. It was like some leatherhead shit. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> there was. I, I did. A, I did a quick look through on the box score. There was a total of seventeen completions, uh, two of which were by Mac Jones. There was more fumbles than there was touchdowns. Three fumbles to two touchdowns, and then just because it makes any game good. 11 punts and all the punts were terrible too because they were into the straight wind, which blew them all over the place. I mean, I watched some of the Manning cast and they didn't have a clue what to do with that game. Like they were so upset with Mac Jones, not throwing the ball at all. It was perfect football, literal perfect football. You see what Belichick said is, uh, you know, uh, planning for a couple of weeks against the bills. The good news is they've got a whole half of their playbook. They didn't even open up. So (laughs) (laughs) Do you think did, did Mac Jones? Do you think did he want to throw the ball more, or he was all, totally fine with that play, with that uh, playbook? Because the one the one completion they did have in the first quarter, it was barely a completion because I think the wind about took it before Johnny Smith could catch it. <laughs> I don't think Mac Jones cares. I think he just won't. I mean, they're in first place. Yeah, dubs, oh, yeah, baby. baby, dubs. I'm a, win, baby. Not so. What okay, his, that what, gets. What's his quarterback rating? What was his quarterback rating last night? <laughs> um, let's see. I should have it pulled up here. Is there a minimum number of throws he has to make for they'll rank him? I know they'll rank you because a guy can have one for one with the touchdown, and they have. He was an eighty-four uh, quarterback rating. No, not his bad. QBR, his QBR, which is the ESPN stat, gave him a four point three. Oh, out of and that's out of a hundred. So it's better than Kirk Cousins. <laughs> I did see. Um, I believe so. Mac Jones had uh, the. He had a. Perfect first quarter on Monday night, <laughs> uh, albeit maybe one for one. Uh, Tom Brady, it took him, I think, nine years for him to ever have a perfect first quarter. I'm saying. So who's better, Mac Jones, Tom Brady? People it might be it. 2007 Tom Brady over there right now. The mistake I made it's might possible. be true. Good people are asking, it's, huh, Kevin? Okay. <laughs> people are asking. Um, so here's the question, though. Uh, 
And I and maybe I'll start with LJ just because I know he's. Uh, I was about to say closet Bills fan. You're just a Bills. Fan. You're a Broncos fan, yeah, but you're, a you're, you're an open. He's open about it. Now. <laughs> yeah. He's out of the closet. <laughs> what did we learn more about the now nine and four, still leading the AFC solely at at the top of the AFC playoff picture? Did we learn more about those Patriots? Or did we learn about the Bills? What did what, you get from that game? Or did we learn anything? The Patriots are who I thought they were. The Bills are who I they thought are who they we were. thought they I were. I mean, uh, this was a game where you needed to be able to run the football, and one of these teams doesn't know how to run the football and hasn't all year. So that's that's exactly what this game was, and uh, we're living in it. Uh, I my biggest takeaway, I still don't know about the Patriots. Like I, I, I give them credit; they're winning the games and they're nine and four. But like we laid it out last week, yeah, some of you're their like, wins. Oh like, no, the Rams will get it back, but the Patriots, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So I, we laid out last week all their wins against these hurt teams and decent I, oh, whatever. And then last night, I still the Bills were the more talented team. They just couldn't play in that shit show of the weather that they had. I, the main takeaway I had though were the Bills. Not getting home foot advantage this year, which is out of the cards now, is actually probably an advantage for them because the Bills aren't built to play Buffalo. Yeah, they football. don't want to play in Buffalo. <laughs> they can't handle Buffalo in January. That, that's why they looked so pissed off last night because they were clearly, I think, on offense. I mean, you look at Diggs and Emmanuel Sanders and Beasley and Gabe Davis even playing good, Dawson Knox, but they can't get the ball to him when Gale Force winds are blowing out there, knocking Adam Schefter off his chair in the pregame. <laughs> I mean, you, you can't play in that type of game. And the Bills have two issues to me. You, they can't stop the run and they can't run. And that's a bad combination <laughs> a bad for a playoff team. Yeah. 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 Because what wasn't it? Wasn't it the Colts a couple weeks ago when Jonathan Taylor had like his MVP game against the Bills when he had five touchdowns or something? Yeah. Yeah. The, the blueprint's out on how to beat the Bills and that. And then all they have to do now is they go to Tampa Bay where they have to play Tom Brady. And if. If they lose that game, the AOC playoff picture is a mess, and we'll get into yeah. it. But if the Bills lose that, I think they might be on the outside looking in for the playoff picture, and that's something I would not have guessed uh, 12 weeks ago. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, I, it, that was an interesting, interesting game in a couple of ways. Uh, you, you know, I, I think the Patriots were prepared for it. The Bills were not. I, I think they just said, we're just going to go with it. But uh the two things that told me the new and we talked about it last week is New England for real because of the street they were on was against some some significantly lower value teams, but uh, the Bills are still a pretty high value team and 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 they've got some a, a, a better than average defense. Although we don't, it's not the defense we thought it was going to be a, elite. Well, they lost that corner too. Yeah, Tre'Davious White may be their best defensive player. Yeah, absolutely, which didn't matter last didn't night. Didn't matter last they night. Ball. Um, but. Um, but the New England Patriots defense is very good. I, they seem well. It's the first defense, and I was watching a little bit last night at the end in the third and fourth quarters. They're running almost, and this may be the new model in the NFL. They're they're like a four or five safety type defense, and so here's Belichick with coming up with some kind of new scheme. The the guy that made the play, the last play of the game last night, was in deep coverage, and he was a strong safety, and so. Uh, it's a very interesting nickel uh, nickel package type of defense, but they play it all the time, and they play it with these safeties in those linebacker roles, and they're doing very well with it. Watch out, you know, watch out. I, I, I think that's – but you guys hit it right, and we've said it all along. you got to be able to run the football, yeah. and, and the Bills obviously can't do that right now. So now the Patriots go on a bye week this week, I believe. Yep, I think so. God, a Dece- and then they'll mid-December play December bye. That's crazy. It is yeah. crazy. And, and then they'll play the up. Colts. 
Then they'll play at the Colts and then the Bills. So for all the people like me out there who are still not 100% sure, well, those are I, even though the Colts' record isn't there, I think the, the Colts are a playoff quality team. Mm-hmm. And so if the pay, that mean they'll just keep shutting up idiots like me if they just keep winning. So yeah. we'll see what goes on. I, I want to get into another big game in the AFC. And that is I'm just going off our text chain from Sunday. No. I think there's some strong opinions from. Well, no, we're not going okay. to that one yet. I'm <laughs> okay. gonna let you. I'm gonna let you uh, <laughs> hold off on the Bronco talk. The two point conversion <laughs> that was down there with Baltimore yeah. and Pittsburgh. And I know some yeah. people, maybe by the what you're hearing right now, some people had some strong opinions about that. Uh. And so I'm ready to hear what you have to say, Uncle Tony. But first, before we do that, let's get a quick word from one of our sponsors. You know, it's, uh, it's not every day that you can double your money, but with uh, my bookie, you double your money instantly thanks to their uh, double deposit bonus for all new users. That's right. With uh, my bookie's double deposit bonus, when you sign up at mybookie.ag and use my promo code SPORTSDRINK, you'll instantly receive double your initial deposit so you can kickstart your betting experience with all the best games, leagues, and casino options to choose from. There's a game on Monday night, as there usually is, you know, Everyone's continuing to climb the quest for the AFC's title. You know, I don't know. Buffalo's been looking good because Kansas City's all right sometimes. Uh, But, uh, you know, the Packers are the Packers and, uh, you know. It's a disgrace, but yes, neither here nor there. Uh, you know, look for look for all of it to cover the spread. Set yourself up for success by doubling your first deposit when using promo code SportsDrink and my bookie. That's uh, promo code SportsDrink to double your initial deposit all the way up to a thousand dollars. You bet anything, anywhere, anytime with my bookie. That's mybookie.ag promo code SportsDrink. Happy holidays, y'all. Seems like it was about 15, 20 years ago or so, I moved out here to Wyoming to start my career as a rodeo clown. Went to Not Sure Our Cold. Luckily, I've got my, my lady here and my dog to keep me warm. Horses outside, neighing in the distance. But I'm still thankful this time of year that I have a community somewhere, somewhere out yonder where we can all reconvene together after all of the turkey and the heated discussions at the dinner table. Talk about what really matters, our favorite sports teams. So this holiday season, reach out to the ones you love and let them know about Spotify Green Room and tell them, hey, if you're looking for a place to meet up and talk with folks about sports or well hell any other kind of entertainment thing that you can think of why don't you just go on over there and give spotify green room a chance that's spotify green room y'all get blasted in the ears now happy holidays as you well know by now the ravens went for two when they were down 19 to 20 against the steelers and, of course, they did not get it. They ended up losing the game. Uncle Tony, yeah. what was your – your text from us made it seem clear that you did not agree with Mr. Harbaugh's decision. Why? Give me – lay it out. What, what was your issue with it? Three reasons. One, uh, y- you've got the best field goal kicker in probably 
Agreed. The, probably the history of the NFL and Justin Tucker. And so you know you've got a 99%, 99.9% chance of making that extra point. You still got a 50% chance of winning the, the coin toss. And again, you've just gone down the field. You've turned the momentum. You've gone just gone down the field in a minute and a half against the Steelers. I, I, I don't get that you want that. And if you don't, I, I get it. But Pittsburgh hadn't scored a touchdown you, you know, in a while. You get them to a field goal, you still got the best field goal kicker in the league. Why would you not make that extra point so you have that advantage? So, so you know, that too, uh, again, the, the Steelers, you had the momentum. Why why ruin that by, you know, I get it. Okay, we got the momentum, let's get two. It's a great play, but you saw what happened. The odds were worse against making that that play than it were against kicking that field goal. And third, I had Lamar Jackson starting in my fantasy football league, and I needed <laughs> I that overtime. That was be one of them. I needed that overtime play because we needed those extra yards. Uh, as it turns out, we didn't. But um, uh, but that's another story. But you know, but you know, I needed him to play for another five eight minutes and. Well, I'm shocked. Yards, that, so. I'm shocked that a, as good of a coach as John Harbaugh is, that he didn't take that at least into consideration. I, that yeah, was, absolutely. He knew. Um, he knew. I think he will next week. I I I'm also shocked. Week. LJ Howe, he had he, he had three reasons, and one of them wasn't that Ben Roethlisberger was the quarterback for the other team. But and real <laughs> quick, before I get before I get into the decision by the Ravens, which I didn't hate it, but. Uh, I love that Ben Roethlisberger on Saturday leaked out there that he would not be willing. He's not playing for another team next year. Like, thanks. I think the rest of the NFL had already let us know that nobody wants you, but he just wanted to, he wanted to get out ahead of that story. So thanks, Big Ben. Smart, smart. Um, Interestingly, uh, Tony, shout out to Stathead. It's a website and I was doing some Googling around to figure out if this is something that uh, John Harbaugh would typically do. The Ravens under Harbaugh have only faced this scenario once before where they scored a touchdown and they could either kick the field goal, the extra point and tie it, or go for two and win it with under a minute left. And it was in 2018 against the Saints. Joe Flacco threw a touchdown to John Brown to make the score 24 to 23. They elected to kick the field goal and get this. Justin Tucker missed the extra point. What? It was his fourth missed extra point out of 377 career extra points. So I don't know if that wow. was rattling around in Harbaugh's head, but that was interesting to me that he missed the extra point the one time this happened before. That is insane. And that is also a hell of a stat that he's never been in a situation where you tie the game with right. a minute left. Like, that's crazy. But he, here's my defense of, of Harbaugh's decision. Um, one, and he, 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 he mentioned this in his post game. Marlon Humphrey, their best corner, and they're already down like three corners. Their best corner got hurt, and now it's been revealed that he tore his pectoral muscle. He's out for the year. Yeah, but he was no longer playing that game. And Harbaugh was like, "We we weren't. We had already. We were struggling to guard Ben Roethlisberger in the fourth quarter." Which that that's a statement you don't help. You don't expect to say. <laughs> but they were already struggling to guard more Deontay Johnson, and they were down corners. And so he just wanted to go for the win. And then the other mm-hmm. the other thing I mm-hmm. liked about it is there was like four or five week, weeks ago. We all because it was a fun moment. They decided to go for it on fourth and one instead of punt it to try to seal the game. And John Harbaugh asked Lamar Jackson, "What do you want to do?" And Lamar Jackson said, "Let's go for it." They went for it and got it, and it was cool. Well, I've been t- my biggest issue with uh, McCarthy was sometimes we're a fourth and one team on the Cowboys where we go for it, and sometimes we're not. So if you're the Ravens and this year you're going to be a fourth and one or extra point, we're going for the two point conversion. They they did have the ball in Lamar Jackson's hand. 
He threw it to a wide open Mark Andrews and just was a bad throw. The play almost worked. And if the play works, do we like the decision or do you still say it was a bad decision, but you made it? I said it was a bad decision the second they lined up for it. I mean, that's my opinion on it. Because you have Justin Um, Tucker mainly? Yeah, I thought, I thought you know, th- they've got a better chance in overtime than they do on this one play. That was my thought process, and that's still my thought process. Although, them being down a corner and down a few corners is a hell of a point. That is for sure. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't think this is better or worse whether they get it. I mean, obviously, they're happier. They're sleeping, sleeping better at night, but I don't think that makes the call better. Right. Or worse. Yeah. I think it's a bad call, personally. Yeah. Pops, I know you you typically are a hardball guy. Uh, what did you think about this? Well, I'll give you three reasons I liked it. Um, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> All, right. All right. Number one, number one, you're on the road. And, 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 and if you're leaning one way or the other, if you're on the road, you tend to go for it, I feel like. Uh, secondly, that y'all have all hit on it. You know, they're down Marlon Humphrey and they're down a lot of corners. I think they're also down a right tackle uh, uh, in the game. Um, Lamar has not played that well. Pittsburgh had scored 17 points in the fourth quarter. So I think that was two touchdowns. I think they had scored, Tony. So I don't think – I think he yeah. was getting on track a little bit in the fourth corner. Uh, and then finally, Lamar Jackson, maybe related to his right tackle – being out had been sacked seven count them seven times in the game so so with those facts all in the backpack in me mojita uh whatever you call it i i think i think you you go for it and and i'll say that the, the stuff that i've seen i think his players supported it i think that they felt like he had faith in them uh, to do the job and the play was right. It was there. It was just, I mean, TJ Watt blew it up. I mean, he, he that he, he got through. Well, also, an interesting and, decision to leave TJ Watt, of all people, unblocked. Uh, unblocked. I mean, he's, he's pretty, he's a pretty good defensive end, maybe the defensive player of the year, and you're going to leave him unblocked. That's that. interesting decision. Well, and, and you know, at that point, I'm trying to remember what it looked like, but you've got Lamar Jackson out there. I mean, let him put a move on him and try to run it in even, but, but I, I liked the call. It just didn't work. It, it was like, uh, the the Arkansas Razorback call, you know, earlier in the year, it just didn't, Against it didn't work. Miss. But I like the call for for the reasons I said. Um, it was uh, my other issue is not necessarily with uh, that decision making, whatever. Like I, I I like the decision whether they get it or not. I'm kind of like LJ. You, if you like it, you like it. Don't just base it off results. Uh, but pops, you mentioned he got sacked seven times. We've learned, I think it was four or five weeks ago. The Miami Dolphins on Thursday night football against the Ravens decided we're just going to zero blitz them to death. And they never came up with an answer. It's one thing in one game not to come up with an answer. But now for like the past four weeks, every team has done that same thing. We're like, we're just not going to cover you anybody. We're just going to go one on one on the outside and blitz the hell out of y'all. And they don't make any any uh, adjustments. All they do is do the whole play where Lamar Jackson runs around in the backfield and chucks it deep and just tries to go for a touchdown and sometimes it does work because Lamar Jackson can pull a rabbit out of a hat but what there's got to be some adjustments to make right I mean that what is the offensive coordinator doing there you got Lamar Jackson and he can make awesome plays but I they just seem like they bank too much on him to make some amazing MVP Superman play instead of just running smart like either slants or something well, to beat say, a zero that's blitz. the answer I was as you were saying that Kevin I mean it's slants all over the world just keep running slants and and hitting them quick that would be the answer that that You would think and just Greg Roman's struck I don't know he he's he got a lot of credit for the offense he built around Lamar Jackson and Lamar Jackson won the MVP and I think he deserved that credit but now 
he hasn't made adjustments since teams have kind of found a way. And I guess we saw the same thing with the the Chiefs for a lot of this year, where teams learned that too high safety look is kind of tough for uh, Mahomes because he wants that big play. I don't know, just the adjustments. That's we talk about Bill Belichick all the time. Well, he did make the adjustment on Monday night when the weather sucked, and that's why they won the game. And then you see a team like the Raven, where it, you just I I just think they're the much more talented team than the Steelers, and to lose that game, whether it's on they, that two point conversion or not, you just don't lose that. You shouldn't lose that game. They are bad at adjustments. I mean, uh, I was watching a, a Brett Coleman. Shout out to Brett Coleman. We're watching those videos now. Um, but uh, he had a video about uh, how the Dolphins ran against the Ravens the same play. I I think it was like 98% of their plays up until the fourth quarter, and the Ravens could not do anything against it. I mean, the Ravens are just really bad at adjusting their game at halftime. Well, and I read that the Steelers blitz on 27% of their plays uh, throughout this year. And on Sunday, they blitzed the Ravens almost 70% of the time because the Ravens just don't know how to handle it. When there's like a, there's a particular, uh, we'll, we'll put that video on the show notes or something, but there is a a particular way that the Dolphins did this zero blitz, which is probably what the Steelers did as well. Um, that really made, you know, the, the typical answers tough because of the way that you would kind of just like bump and run the safeties or, I mean, the, the corners. Um, so slants weren't really there. Uh, screens weren't really there. Um, and you have to make that decision so fast. So it was just, yeah, uh, you, you get maybe some deep throws, but those are hard to connect on when you have a second and a half to get yeah. it out. So Tony, the Ravens are still, I believe number two. Yeah. They're number or number three right now. They're tied. They're uh-huh. at the same record as the Titans and chiefs wet eight and four. So they're all kind of muddled around there. It's the number two spot in the AFC out of those three. Who who are you most are like after what you saw with the Ravens? Are you a little worried about the Ravens? I, I'm worried about the Ravens staying as a uh, as a, a seed winner. Now, I, I say that, but you know they're, they still probably win the AFC North, I, I, right? Yeah, I, I still need to look and see if they play Cincinnati again probably. because you know them not having those cornerbacks is an issue. But it's it's not going to be an issue against Cleveland, and it's not going to be that much of an issue against Pittsburgh because they'll be able to get to Roethlisberger now. Deontay Johnson is just a phenomenal wide receiver. I think he's most underrated, one of the most underrated wide receivers in the NFL. But um, uh, you know, against Cincinnati, they're going to get burnt. Um, but against Cleveland, no. And so, uh, just depending on what their schedule looks like, I, I don't know that that backside will hurt them getting to the playoffs. In the playoffs, I think there's there's going to be some issues for them. Let's see. Um, they go their schedule. You got it. Rough. Uh, yeah, it goes. They go Browns. They go to Cleveland. Then they bring the Packers to Baltimore. Mm. Then they go to Cincinnati. Then they bring the Rams to Baltimore, wow. and then bring the Steelers. So <laughs> bad quarterbacks could be bad. Ouch. Browns, yeah. Browns, and then Steelers. So they got the Browns twice. Uh, they, no, oh. no, no. They go Browns, Packers, Bengals, Rams, Steelers. Mm. And we just learned. I think they're better than that Steelers. Could be an but issue. Those games are always tough. And then those that stretch, that three game <clears throat> stretch, Packers, Bengals, Rams. If you can't stop the pass, you're gonna be drunk. That's, that's tough. Yeah. Well, that's tough. After hearing that, I'm I'm glad I've got Lamar Jackson on my fantasy football team because they're gonna have to score a lot of points. <laughs> 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 <Yeah. laughs> but yeah, I, last thing I'll say there though, it's interesting, and I I think Greg Roman offensive was the offensive coordinator for Colin Kaepernick his first year. Do he I was. have that right? And yep. so, Colin, you know, they kind of figured out the same thing there. They, that offense really uh, went around. Uh, Colin Kaepernick at the time uh, was just athletically better than anybody else they could line up against him, and they ran the offense out of that. And so, I, you got to kind of wonder maybe. Now, uh, you know, 
the Ravens have lost more people on offense than maybe any other any other team in the NFL or, or overall. Yeah. Uh, you know, all three the what their starting running backs were not. Maybe one of them was in camp. So, um, so they've had to deal with some stuff, but uh, um, still makes you wonder that maybe Roman is a one trick pony. And it does seem like he, cause he was also the one credited with the, the playbook that he put together around Kaepernick. And mm-hmm. it was great. He had the, he had some a really good year. And then he had that game against the Packers in the playoffs where I think he broke the rushing record mm-hmm. as a quarterback. And then they did seem to kind of figure out that figure offense. It it seems like he has a hard time adjusting. We'll see. I, we'll see. Maybe he does adjust. And I don't think they need a crazy adjustment. They just mm-hmm. need to – they really, as LJ pointed out, they just need to stop that. There's one defensive play people are running on them over and over and over and over and over again. And if you can no. just learn how to beat that, you still have Lamar Jackson who – it doesn't look like he's the MVP this year as as it looked like he possibly could at one point. Yeah. He's not going to win the MVP, but he's still an MVP caliber player. So right. anytime you got that guy at quarterback, you can win any game. So we'll see what they do. Yeah. Um, quick little diversion on that, yeah, real yeah. quick. Um, they let go that OC. Is it was it Brady, the guy that was at LSU? Uh, yeah, they let go of Joe Brady at, at um, Carolina. They did it on Sunday, which yes. it was seven days into their bye week. Isn't that yeah. a little surprising? I mean, he was a wonder kid, and what happened there? So I don't. The, the, I have not read anything. There's no either. reports, but I I have to imagine that. He must have been in conversations with some of these other either college jobs or maybe offensive court. I, for them to fire him because they went on their bye week, so they did not play this weekend. So they went a week into their bye week, and then they decided to get rid of their offense coordinator, which means you're bringing in a new offensive system. I don't know. It would have been nice to have two weeks. Right. Yeah, so. you would do, if you were going to do that, you were going to do that to start it. So I, there had to be something that happened. Mm-hmm. Either he yeah. wanted to leave or they wanted to get rid of him. It was a weird deal, yeah. and it was kind of a news dump on Sunday. But yeah, he was. He's still going to get a job. He was the guy that coached Joe Burrow, who's the offense coordinator there. He was kind of the wonder kid. So yeah, yeah, we'll see. I I, I think it's because Carolina had really fallen off, and uh, they no, had. I, I don't know what that are means we, to, are my, we from really that blaming rule, him but, for yeah, but, um, Sam Darnold and Cam Newton, who as pops uh, yeah. said last weekend was not mm-hmm. quite so back back on the bench. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I just yeah. I don't I don't think he's had a whole lot to work, and and Christian McCaffrey hasn't been healthy for like three games in a row. I don't think for like two years, now? Whole two years, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um, I want to say in the AFC go uh, that the Bengals Chargers game, which was one of the one, I think we're going to get some great Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert matchups in the future. I, both of them, that was the number one overall pick and then the rookie of the year from last year. Yeah. But that game was funky. So by the 10 minute mark of the second quarter, the Chargers had already jumped out to a 24 to nothing lead. But then they like, instantly turned right into the Chargers and into the half with seven straight drives that went. Here's what the next seven drives went after getting up 24 to zero. Bengals touchdown, Chargers fumble. Bengals touchdown, Chargers interception. Bengals field goal, Chargers fumble. Bengals touchdown. And now all of a sudden we got a 24 to 22 game and it's it looked like it was a blowout and now we're right back. And then you had the two then the, I felt like the whole game was derailed from two weird plays and then a weird pinky injury for Burrow. We had the one, the Joe Mixon fumble, which was his first lost fumble since week one. And I they, I think they credited one of the guys with the forced fumble, but it looked like he just dropped it. I don't know what happened. And then the Jamar Chase drop that not only would it negate a 70-yard touchdown, he like bobbled it around until it fell right into a Chargers guy's hand. Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't – I, I don't think that game gave me a real – I wanted to watch that game kind of going, okay, who do I really like for the for their future, Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert? Because I think either one you're happy with at your at your quarterback. Yeah. 
But I, and I still don't know, I, I, Tony. What do you think about that game, or maybe or those quarterbacks looking forward? Well, I I got to see a lot of that game because I was watching Joe Mixon, and uh, you know the Chargers. Uh, they are a strange team to figure out and they're a young team. And so you kind of see that. And uh, um, it'll be interesting for next week. I don't don't know if we're going to talk later about the 13 players that they have on the COVID list, including Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen for, and they play Thursday night. It can't be any worse for them. No, they don't play Thursday night. The Vikings Vikings play Thursday. Thursday. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Who are the Vikings playing? Pittsburgh. 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 That's right. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. So, so (laughs) they got to figure that out, but, they still are young, and um, uh, but it, I from those it was a fun game to watch because just like you said, fun. it was fun. Um, they do have a lot of talent, uh, but um, I, I do I would say that if you had to, if I had to choose between Burrow and Herbert, I'm probably going Herbert. I, I think in the long run, bigger kid. He can he can make the run from time to time if you need him, but he can pass from the pocket and he can make all the different passes. I, I'm not sure that Joe Burrow still can make all the passes. He's really good. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. This going to be fun to watch these guys for a long time. But if you ask well, me, by, I think by getting you to pick between one of those two quarterbacks, you're really going to have to pick. I mean, you're I, oh yeah, you're really happy. Maybe if you could Either draft right. any. Rookie to a second year quarterback right now, those yeah. would be one and two in some order. So I don't think you're upset either way. No. LJ, they're both seven and five right now, Bengals and Chargers. Do either of these teams have a chance at really doing something in the AFC, or are they both just <laughs> exciting teams that'll probably lose first or second round? I mean, I do think both of these teams could mess up anybody. Me too. I, I mean, I really think they could mess up anybody. I don't know that they could win a Super Bowl, but I think either one of these teams. Uh, could could get a huge upset week one, maybe even week two of the playoffs. I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. They both have great uh, – Joe Mixon is quickly becoming – and I know last week he wasn't great, but in general, Joe Mixon's becoming maybe my third favorite running back in the league. Mm-hmm. And then Jamar mm-hmm. Chase is a stud. And then T. Higgins is finally kind of really breaking back out. They still have Boyd, so that offense is there. The defense for the Bengals really – I know they gave up. I, I, I just it was hard to read that game. The Chargers scored twenty four and then couldn't score at all, and then scored another like seventeen in a row in the third quarter. So that was a weird game. I this this is just another reason why I think the AFC playoff picture is so interesting because from two to I think ten, two to twelve, they're all like within two games of each other, and that one seed is going to be important because I just I think there's not that big of a difference between the Patriots at one seed. And the Bills right now are the seventh seed, and so you can lose anybody can lose in in the first round of the playoffs in the AFC. Yeah, and mm-hmm. if you get, we just saw I, Herbert can have bad games. We've seen plenty of them, but he can also go for forty any given day. And I think the Bengals too can go for forty. So I, yeah. I wouldn't want to play him in the first round, pops. Yeah. What do you, if you had to choose Herbert Burrow? Do you have have one? Yeah, I, I think I kind of looked at their stats a little bit. Looks like their completion percentage is pretty pretty much the same. Um, you know, uh, Cincinnati has a little bit more rushing yards, but the rushing per average, you know, which which the quarterback has something to do with that, with play action passes and just being able to pass loosens up. Um, and then he's got uh, Herbert's got twenty seven touchdowns to eleven interceptions versus twenty three touchdowns to fourteen interceptions for Burrow. Um, I think I'm probably aligned a little with what Tony said. I mean, I think Herbert's a bigger, stronger kid. Um, his his stats are the same or even slightly better than Burrow, and Burrow may have better offensive. I mean, it's hard to say. Eckler's great, uh, although he seems like he's disappeared just a little lately. Um, uh, 
Ekler, Burrow's Keenan really Allen, good. Mike Williams, they, there's some talent. On yeah, there he is. I, I just think, yeah, I would take Herbert. I think, I think Herbert just has uh, his size and strength are probably what makes the difference to me over Burrow. But it's slight. I'd be happy with either one. And well, and then we did see Burrow. I don't know if y'all saw the close up. His pinky was just ballooning up like he got stung by a wa- like like it's like pops getting stung by a wasp or something. How big his pinky was getting, and, <laughs> he, and then, but he still was <laughs> he was still making some throws though late in the game, even with yeah. his pinky swollen as hell. Man, if I was <laughs> if I was on the football field, dude, and the red wasp got after me, I'd run like a little girl out. I mean, yeah, y'all would be, whatever. Whatever the mean. children, man, be like Billy White, she's Johnson out there. He'd be ducking everywhere. <laughs> I am moving, dude. <laughs> moving, man. <laughs> All right. Uh, my last you? thing I wanted to br- – oh, go ahead, Tony. What were you going to no, say? No, I was going to say both uh, – you know, I- I'll go back to the AFC, and I God, just got this mental picture of running around a football field with his arms wailing, and it's like, oh, that's a good like, oh. People just won't get close to him because they're afraid. And um, But <laughs> I think what we're finding, <clears throat> the AFC West – it, it, it's competitive every time they go out and play football. I know the the football team uh, got one past the Raiders. Kind of thought that might happen, uh, but um, uh, real. But you know the Chargers beat the Bengals. I think the AFC North. Anybody they play, you you can pretty much, especially in the playoffs, you can favor the other side. I, I just don't think those teams are as strong. It, whether it's in either of the four of them: Cleveland, Cincinnati, uh, Baltimore, or Pittsburgh. And uh, even though. <laughs> I do have some early money on Pittsburgh somehow making their way to the Super Bowl, but um, <laughs> doesn't look real good right now. Uh, yeah, that's going to be rough. I wish Roethlisberger would have announced. I don't this know. Was his, Could Roethlisberger do a? It, it's like his last dance. Maybe he's I filming. Sh- a, I think he is filming a documentary right I now. Sh- so. I sure wish he had said that week one. I'd have felt a whole lot better about it. But when you announce it in week twelve, it's like shit. I'm just tired, man. I'm done. Week one, you're like you're planning it. Right now, it's like I'm not going back out there. So, um, but anyway, but I still think it, it, anybody that plays the, uh, you know, that AFC West, AFC North matchup, you, you can pretty much count on the West taking care of that. Pops, I don't. I'm not going to go into my full uh, Kevin's power rankings for this week. But if I if I was to just power rank the AFC, I my number one team right now to make it to the Super Bowl out of the AFC is the team that beat up on the Denver Broncos on Sunday night. I think the Chiefs that oh. offense will figure out eventually. And all of a sudden, is the defense stingy in Kansas defense City? Defense is carrying the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, right they now. really are. Isn't that crazy. <laughs> The defense does look good for for Kansas City. The defense looks tough, and I just have to think that offense will get – I think Mahomes will figure it out and they'll get going at some point. I mean, I think they played a – Denver – we've talked about it before the game, this Sunday game. Denver's defense has always been pretty – although Mahomes, I think, now is 6-0 against Denver, um, they do always play – they do always play tight. The defense does always make them struggle a little bit. Uh, LJ, I I don't know if you saw – we got our point proven about uh, obviously Teddy Bridgewater caught a lot of flack a few weeks back when he threw a pick mm-hmm. and uh, just did not try to go for the tackle. Well, yeah. on Sunday night, he threw a pick to Dan Sorensen, which first of all, that's bad enough throwing a pick to Dan mm-hmm. Sorensen. But uh, he mm-hmm. threw a pick to him and then went to go tackle him and he dove behind him and really it was a weak tackle, but he did try 
And all yeah. it did was he tripped, and then he ended up getting in front of Tim Patrick and tripping Tim Patrick, who was going to be the actual Bronco that might be able to tackle him. So it yep. just proved our points. And it might look bad on the film, but quarterbacks don't go for the tackle. It's just not smart. You're not the man for the job. <laughs> yeah. You're just not. Uh, I've seen. The Broncos I, are, I think, Tony, they're who, well, I think you might have claimed they could be the playoffs. I don't think they make the playoffs, but they're I, a damn good team. I think they're going to be right, the team missing, but they'd wow. probably knock a team like the – this I, I'd be interested to see their schedule because I could easily see them late in the year knocking a team off that's trying yeah. to get in the playoffs from the Broncos. Yeah. What did you think, Tony? Yeah, I, you know, uh, let's be clear about this. Until Dan, the man, Torrenson, takes that uh, uh, pick six to the house, the Broncos, the game was, it, it was the Broncos were in the game. Sure. It was in question. Well, that was a fourth and two with, I think, uh, like ten minutes left. Yeah. If and, the Broncos drive and score there, I think it's a one-possession game. And I, I texted – LJ and I shouldn't have done that because you know I I had money on the game and I, I'm like you know who this big Fangio guy what an idiot uh. I mean. He, he, it's okay to go for the fourth down once. It's not like you're playing against the, um, you know, the 2001 St. Louis Rams and they're scoring a hundred points a game. <laughs> well, Crap, it's it not is the funny. Buccaneers. Everybody still, everybody still plays the Chiefs like yeah. they're the Chiefs. Like, and- oh God, if we don't score this time, well, shit, they're going to score every other time. No, just uh, if he had kicked field goals every time he had a fourth down inside the thirty yard line. The dude's in the game. He doesn't have to go for it on fourth and two. It's just he kept forcing himself into that, and he kept having that little open mouth stare at the field, <laughs> like, "Oh, oh that was what happened." I mean, I was like, "Vic, man, what's going on?" And so I'm now like, "Yeah, maybe he does need to go. You bring Aaron Rodgers in and Chip Kelly, and let's give it a go." And but. God damn it! That sounds no. Not Chip, I'm not, not Chip Kelly. Aaron Rodgers and Chip no, Kelly. No, not please. Chip Kelly. No, he's going back to Oregon. <laughs> but um, it, but it was just I, I thought that was one of the poorly, most poorly called offensive games that I've seen in a while. Denver's doing more on defense with less than almost anybody, but maybe the New England Patriots. They really are doing a great job. Uh, defensively, and, and so again, like I said, there's 22 points scored by the Chiefs, and uh, one of those is a is a pick six. Uh, uh, that's a sig- at Arrowhead. That's a significant defensive uh, showing, and, and so I, I just think they really didn't do the job they needed to do offensively, and and, and they had the opportunity to do that. Uh, no offense to Prestige Worldwide, who's a, a you know longtime listener of the podcast, but you know go Chiefs, and they did they've done a great job getting themselves right back to the top of this of the AFC. But they've still got some offensive things to figure out. If you can't score more than that at home. It's going to be a difficult time come January when the weather gets bad and, and, and the other teams are able to run the football against you. I, I just thought that, that, that they've still got some things to figure out, but they're right there with it. But I wouldn't count Denver out because of that defense. Um, I want to move over to the, the – Well, I got to shoot back and defend Vic Fangio. Oh, yeah, let us let us know. What's, what's, where, where's the record sit with Vic Fangio and, and LJ's house? So, so the deal is that, yeah. So, so when they when they went for it on that fourth and two or fourth and six or whatever it was when they got down to the twenty, I did walk out of the room a little angry. But <laughs> you got to keep in mind that they had gone for it on fourth twice that drive, and those were both good calls because one they worked, and two they were really not in good positions to not go for it. So those were those were good calls, and then this one was it's- a bad one. I agree with that. I think they should have kicked that field goal. <laughs> However, they caught some bad breaks in this game. 
And that's, you know, they caught, I think, 14 points worth of bad breaks in this game because uh, that pick six and then that uh, that that muffed punt because the dude gets his own ass blocked into his teammate. Basically. <laughs> that was bad. Um, I mean, 14 <laughs> points of bad breaks. And this game looks very, 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 very. I want to go on the record, LJ. I didn't leave the game going. I have at, at points in this season said Vic Mangio should be done. I didn't leave that game going. Vic Mangio was the reason they lost. The I'll game, tell right? you. I felt like I didn't guy, mind. I, they could have kicked the field goal, but they've been going for it. And I, I'm just a big. If you like the, don't be a. You like the fourth down attempt because they got it or didn't get it. That and Dude. but LJ, you make a point. They they were in field goal range for this one, so that's probably they, they should have kicked that field goal. Um, but but I think you hired Vic, Vic Fangio to get that defense right, which he's done. And the holy shit, if you right. would have said that they lose Von Miller and their defense gets better and better every week, I would have laughed at you. Dude, that's, right. so, that's true. I think keep Vic Fangio. Figure out the OC. Right. That's that's well, what and doing. and if you if you if if I know Tony's mentioned this multiple times this season. If Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback at, at Denver next year, I think that offense is figured out. That you're pretty close to figuring out the offense right fix there. Him. Yeah. Fix him somehow yeah. and also can we change special teams i swear to god we've got the worst special teams coach in, in football and have for like a half decade you know there's a guy sick and tired usually, of the usually there's a guy teams. that's uh tasked with hiring the special team coach i think it's usually the head coach uh, whoever that yeah. is for well i think this guy was a holdover from before uh, fangio well um, there's your problem and i think he's been there for like a half decade um yeah. i don't know and also i maybe get john elway out of the decision I was gonna say, there is somebody yeah, yeah. Um, he's a decision yeah. maker there <laughs> do you see him he gets on the foot they they show up there and elway's got this big old chaw in his mouth he's he got his spit <laughs> cup occupied them big old teeth spit cup in there and <laughs> the last thing i'll say so here's the thing about fangio i don't like so so just because you go for it once on fourth down doesn't mean you have to keep going on. You know, I, I watched Bobby Hubbard go blind on Iron Cross one night 20 <laughs> straight times, and he never won. He kept saying, well, I'm going to win one of these times. He never won. And that's when the – Yeah, but this is different. This is different. This not is like different. Pops was saying about the Ravens it's where it was like different. you've got momentum, you've got momentum, you've got momentum, go ahead and go for the two. It's not I different. I mean, I agree with you. They should have kicked that field goal, but you got momentum. They've got <laughs> two fourth down conversions I in go, that drive. I'm going so. blind. It's got to come in this time. Well, I'm going, it's got to come in this time. I'm fourth and two. Well, I didn't get it last time. It's got to go this time. Fourth two. Ah, I didn't but get they it this did time. They did get it last time. Oh, they did get it no, last time. No, no, And the time before. No, well, I can tell you no. that night Tony's talking about was touch and go, too, for a while. Touch so. and go. <laughs> touch and go. You better get your shoes on, boys. I don't know what he's going to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, are we, are, LJ, have, are we good? Have I, I, I hate that I almost... Uh, Moved on without you at least getting a rebuttal to the Vic Fangio because he really just shit all over Vic Fangio. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no uh, he can we're be good. the defensive coordinator for the next coach. That'll be fine. <laughs> I just think uh, my last thought on the Broncos though is uh, Teddy Bridgewater. I like him, but he kind of reminds me of Heineke at, at Washington. He, if you got him as your <clears throat> starting quarterback, you're in the market for a new quarterback. I, yeah. They're not bad, yeah. but they're just that's not your guy. I don't think and. So, I don't know. I like him, but uh, yeah, you're probably you're right. right. You're probably yeah. right. Um, we talked last week about the uh, NFC, and we mentioned the, the four teams, and then the re- we're, we got to figure out the rest. Well, the four teams kind of did what they were supposed to. You had the the Rams beat the Jaguars thirty seven to seven. Bucks beat the Falcons thirty to seventeen. I don't think that that's probably closer than really the score indicated. It really was. The Cowboys beat the the Saints twenty seven to seventeen. That one. Was a little closer until Taysom Hill forgot what jerseys they were wearing, <laughs> and, then, and then the Cards took care of business against Chicago. So I think all those teams do. We, I, we probably still feel the same way we did 
about those four that that's our, are probably our locks for the NFC playoffs? Or yeah. are we a little No, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Agreed. I think so. Yeah. I think uh the Cowboys still worry me that they did that bad against the Saints. I mean, the Saints have like no offensive line, no wide receivers, no running backs, and, and we're in the game quarterback with before, a broken finger. Before so. Pollard went for a 64-yard touchdown in the third quarter, that game was very much in question. Very yeah, much that, in question. The, yeah. That's a Saints team that shouldn't be able to score any points. Um so uh, that does worry me a little bit, but but they got the dub. They got the dub, and that's what matters. So, yeah, those are the four. I do uh, I want to mention, because we need to probably look ahead next week's schedule, but I, I, the NFC team I want to mention, and it's got to be, uh, for some reason I bring this team up too much, and, Mom, I'm sorry, if you're listening right now, you might just want to pause <laughs> it for a second. Uh, the Vikings have to be the most frustrating team to watch. of the. I, I, it, being a fan of the Vikings, and me and Mom have talked about this, and we and she's like, it's frustrating. Let me tell you, <laughs> they I, I, and I, they're frustrating for me because I'm an idiot who put them in a teaser this past week. <laughs> so all they had to do, all they had to do, was beat the Detroit Lions, which every team has done except for one that tied them, and that was Ben Roethlisberger led team. So we don't even know what happened there. Uh, but after falling down twenty to six in the first half to the O ten and one Lions, it seemed like. Water was starting to find its level. It was 2 p.m. Central time, and Kirk Cousins was battling his way back to a close game that was going to be decided on the last play of the game. They get three straight touchdowns, take the lead, and then then the windless Lions go on a 14-play, 75-yard drive to score a touchdown as time expired with no timeouts. And I'm not even mad at Kirk Cousins. Mike Zimmer, what the hell are we doing? That that last play, which they called a timeout with one second left. So Mike Zimmer, a defensive coach, might I, might, might I bring up, could draw up a play to stop. And I know these are juggernauts on the other side. Uh, Jared Goff. I, Jamal Williams, I guess, was probably running back. Swift's out. I'm on St. Brown, Tony's boy. I, I don't know what we're doing. And we decided, if you go back to watch it, the Minnesota dropped eight guys back, which – Seems like a smart decision because they have to throw it. Except they guarded the back of the end zone. Yeah. Almost, they, they were guarding almost as if the Lions had to get past the end zone. Not to the end zone, past it. And Amon St. Brown catches a wide open touchdown. And afterward, they asked him, Amon Ross St. Brown. I'm sorry, I forgot the raw in his name. Yeah. They, they, they asked him about the cushion on the final play. And he, quote, said, it's actually crazy that I was that open. <laughs> what are we? The one day I don't have any problem with Kirk Cousins, Mike Zimmer just pisses down his leg at the end of the game. I, I just don't know. Yeah. Did you see the quote from former coach Mike Tice, former coach of the Vikings? Uh, what did he say? Uh. He, he tweeted out, really, effing Detroit. Even my sorry ass never lost to Detroit. Wow. <laughs> he coached for four years in Minnesota, and you know what? He wow. beat them eight times. He's telling wow. the truth. Wow. <laughs> I just Minnesota has a team where and, and now Thielen's out, which I think I, I read today that it's not as bad as they thought. It's a high angle sprain, so he's out a couple weeks. But yeah. they just they sh- one, they should have never fallen into a twenty to six hole. But then the lines were terrible and about to give it right back to him, but they were just like, no, 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 hold my beer. Watch. I can give this game away better than you can. <laughs> and Dan Campbell, by God, got him a win, which I'm happy for Dan Campbell. I've kind of been feeling for him because he's looked sadder and sadder each week on the sideline <laughs> as they find more depressing ways to lose. And I, I just, Mike Zimmer, I think it's time for you to just ride off into the sunset with his model girlfriend that's like 22 years old, which that's another discussion we need to talk about. Wait, we'll wait, another day. Mike Zimmer? That's what I meant, Mike Zimmer. Yeah, has a model girlfriend. 
<laughs> yeah, no, you said it right. We're just all lost. Yeah, wait, what? Yeah, y'all, y'all haven't heard that? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's got um like a 25-year-old, 26-year-old model, model girlf- girlfriend. Mike Zimmer. And I think Katarina, things are getting serious. I think Mc- they might be engaged now. Makita? M- Mike Zimmer. Hmm. Mike, the Mike Zimmer that you are thinking about. Yes, that Mike Zimmer. Oh, wow. Well, I, yeah. Okay. I hope, hmm. I hope huh. y'all put that picture up on the notes <laughs> or something, because I got to see this, because Mike Zimmer... No, I, I, there's a lot of Mike Zimmer. Well, hey, hey, wow. money, yeah, money can't buy everything, but it it sure can buy a <laughs> no fucking way. <laughs> wow. Maybe she's maybe she's atta- attracted to poor coaching decisions. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, yeah, come on, man, um, you can't. Uh, well, good for Mike. Good for Mike. Good. For, uh, hey, good, good for, for Mike. Mike. Good for Mike. Hey, that's a, a win for the little guys. Okay, great job. Oh my right. <laughs> uh, was there any other before before we look ahead to uh, some of the big matchups next week? Was there any other games that we needed to bring up, maybe in NFC or just in general? I think we kind of touched on everything that I had. I mean, I do want to say something about the Arizona Cardinals, and this may work okay. into next week. And, and I think there's a big game we could talk about. But I have still continued to be impressed with the Cardinals. The Bears. No offense to anyone living in Chicago, but they're just not who they need to be. But I, 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 they, I well, the, the Bears the, are who we thought they were. The Bears are who they, we thought they were. That's why they keep taking the field against them. But, it's a dub. Yeah. But the Cardinals, man, they're taking care of business. They are running the football and they are now with Murray back showed they can pass the football. And so that, that Murray showed what he can do. Hopkins caught his, caught his TD pass and, and James Connor. Comeback player of the year. Oh my gosh, this guy is just running over. He's people. just a good football player. Just yeah, a good just football good. player. I am really excited about next one. But I, I, the Cardinals right now have moved into the best team in the NFL. I don't. I, to me, there's there's not an argument. Even if you look at the at the at the um, uh, Patriots and how well they're playing as a team, the Cardinals are playing maybe even better. And we've talked about. Um, uh, Chandler Jones uh, on the podcast for that the guy silently is just one of the best NFL uh, defensive players uh, going right now. Um, so uh, I, I really I do like think, the Cardinals. And, there's, and they JJ Watts trying to get back by playoffs. He says he's hoping to be back by the playoff time, which I don't think JJ Watts the same guy he was. But yeah, he still he still helps your defense. Which I, I agree. I I don't know if it's a clear cut them as number one. I still would have like the mm-hmm. the Packers as one B. I'd like yeah. to see how they come off a bye this week, which yeah. they have the Bears, so that's probably good for them. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the Cardinals are damn good, and they don't really get the love they probably deserve because I, I, all they've done all year is just win games. They've won games ugly. They've won games by scoring. They've done it in all different They're, ways, Yeah. and that's usually the sign of a good NFL team. They have kept themselves out of Seattle for the playoffs, and if they keep winning, they're going to keep themselves out of Green Bay for the playoffs. they got a shot. They re- they've got a legitimate shot. And that does get us right into that. They play the marquee matchup, I think, of this next week. Mm-hmm. And on Monday night, Cardinals-Rams, that is a big-time mm-hmm. game because the Rams really kind of – I mean, they won last week, but they played the Jaguars. The Rams need they to – kind of need this. To oh, prove yeah. to themselves that they're as good as they, they want to be. This game's really – I mean, they're 8-4, and four, so I, I think they make the playoffs. This game doesn't, like, yeah. make or break them playoffs-wise, but they win this game, and all of a sudden they kind of are back in the, the shot for that first seed. If they can't, so I, I think that's a huge game. Do, do you lean one way or the other? I think the line right now is Arizona two and a half, so it looks like it's 
pretty much a pick 'em game. Tony, do you have a lean one way or the other? I guess you're probably Cardinals. Oh, yeah, Cardinals. If they're back healthy on offense and uh, Matt Stafford is in that point of the year where things start to break down, and, and, and no offense against Stafford, great quarterback. He's This system is built for him. Uh, Daryl Henderson has got to get healthy. Uh, for them to be able for him to have some play action, but Stafford is starting to break down. They lost Robert Woods. Uh, Van Jefferson's great, but he drops some passes from time to time. And Odell Beckham is still Odell Beckham, and he's just not going to be there when you need him. And so, I really two and a half Cardinals at home in the desert. I really like the Cardinals. That one's I I don't know. That game's really tough for me to pick because I mean. I think the Rams, which I don't, I'm, I'm probably giving way too much credit for them doing that to the Jaguars, but the Rams <laughs> need. I think they're learning. Maybe we're not the high octane score forty points. Like we, we also have Aaron freaking Donald. We signed Von Miller. We got Jalen Ramsey. Let's go win with our defense and make Stafford not make Stafford have to make a ton of plays. Just make him make enough, and I think they'll be fine if they get that recipe going. But also, Tony, you make a big point. Daryl Henderson probably plays key because if you're if you're going to play that style, you need to be able to run the ball. And I, yeah. I mean, Sonny Michelle's okay, but I don't trust him. Yeah, I think you can see the the Buccaneers have tried to you know kind of turn to that. Leonard Fournette is carrying the Buccaneers right He's now. He's just a, not he, Tom yeah, Brady. Leonard Fournette's really resurging his career. Which huge. pops. I think me and you have talked about this maybe on the pod at one point, but was it at one point Leonard Fournette? Didn't we see him as a guy who couldn't catch out of the backfield, and now he's like. Kevin Falk back there. Like he just, yeah. He, yeah. Well, well, apparently when, he, I think leads them in receptions. When Bruce Arians said, you know, what, what, what are you telling me? I said, what do you want me to do? Cut you or are you going to get with the program? And, and I mean, Fournette got with the program. I mean, yeah. He, yeah. He, he, he really did. I mean, he is, he is one of the better backs in the, in the league. Yes, uh, he for is. Sure. No doubt. And I believe are the, are the Bucks also one of the teams getting – oh, no, no, they got the Bills. We are talking about they yeah, got yeah. They got a big game against the big Bills. Big game, Bills. So that – Yeah, and so the difference, if you kind of look at that 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 level, Bucks and Rams, the Rams can't run the, – they don't have the, the dual backs that the that the Bucks do. And I think that's kind of make the difference for the Rams, especially against the Cardinals. I think the Rams and, 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 and the Bills have the yeah. same problem, Tony. Yeah, they, they – I think you're right. Yeah, they can't run the ball. That's a good point. I could see – so we do, if you remember back, wasn't uh, – no, that was the that was when the Rams beat the the Buccaneers, but the Cardinals did beat the Rams earlier this year. Correct? I'm not losing yes. my mind on that. Yeah, okay, week yeah. four. So, and the, and I felt like the Cardinals kind of that was the game. The Rams had just got done beating the Buccaneers, where the Rams acted like that was their Super Bowl, and then the Cardinals treated that game against the Rams like it was theirs. Like they really came in saying this is our chance to to kind of show who's the boss of the AFC yeah. or NFC West. So. We'll see. I, I think the Rams are they, they got a lot to want to not not just to beat the Cardinals, but also this is just huge for playoffs. So I'm excited about that game. Another game we need to bring up, and I think it it's really uh, we we were talking last week. The Cowboys needed to win their game against the Saints because they just need to get back off the snide. But this game is, I think they're a much better team than the Washington football team. But the, the Washington will play tough defense. Heineke does have that Carson Wentz in him every now and then where he'll do something crazy, but he can also make some plays for you. This is the game for the Cowboys to really kind of go, okay, prove everybody right and say, okay, yeah, we are the best team in this division. We're going to win it. But if, if they lose and all of a sudden Washington's down one game and they've already beat them once head to head and they got another head to head game, things get really interesting in the NFC East pops. Do you think the Cowboys are the lines that Dallas minus four 
Do you think the Cowboys win this game, or do you think it's going to be a one possession, really, really close game? Well, I mean, yes, every they should win this football game, but they are the Cowboys, and they can screw up a. Well, I'm going to try to be kind, but yeah, they can definitely lose. Hey, Zeke's not right. I mean, I don't care what you say, Zeke. Zeke is not right. Um, uh, it goes right along. I'm. I we talked about it last week, pops, and you weren't on here, but. Uh, it, I, I I get it. It's cool. Like tough it out. That's a great play, and I appreciate it. But he's hurting the team. I, like there was a play yeah. in that Saints game where they blocked it up perfectly, and he should have had like a twenty five yard run, and he clearly just didn't have it. Like it, you could tell it's hurting him to run. I and I don't think I'm not like one of the ones willing to say Pollard's better than Zeke. He's definitely more explosive at times. I'm not sure if he's a better all around player because Zeke does a lot pass blocking wise and just in the pass game in general. But a uh, hundred percent of Pollard over seventy percent of Zeke. Yeah, I would tell Zeke, especially on that Thursday night game when you're going to have a long ten day rest. Yeah. Why would you not rest him and and sit out? Get well get for the right. stretch run. We plan to be here at the end. Get well. I mean, that's that's what I'd do. And I, and he I know can. he's credited. He credits himself as being a real tough back. I think he's only missed one game that wasn't a suspension. Like he's only missed one game just due to injury. So he doesn't miss games. But if you're not right, you're not right. And I, you got Pollard, who seems to. Every time he gets carries, it does seem to work out pretty well. I I don't know. I just that one intrigued me. I I am ready to see Dak figure out. All right, are we, is Dak at, earlier this year? Is that the real Dak, or is this the or real is Dak? This the last more recent games. one we've seen that yeah. seems really kind of just off on throws. I think having a full week of practice with Amari Cooper back because I I kind of think C.D. Lamb is the guy in that offense, like the stud. But it feels like Cooper's kind of the thing that makes him go. He, he's their big third down receiver. Wasn't it your boy Jared, Jared that said our friend of the pod said that Amari mm-hmm. is the stir that that the the straw that stirs the drink uh, in I Dallas. think he might have and, said that, yeah. And I think he had a really good point because I think a lot of things play off that. I don't think Amari is the most talented receiver in the league by any stretch, but he is solid. He runs great routes. He's going to be where he's supposed to be when he's supposed to be there, and he's got good hands. And so you everybody else can play off that. Um, so we need Amari Cooper back to to make to Dallas to be their full potential. So LJ, throw some water on the Dallas thing here. Tell uh, you're the, you're the total unbiased opinion. Maybe even like you're so unbiased you're against the Cowboys. Yeah, a little biased actually. Um, <laughs> what do you think about this game? Do you think Washington really comes in? I personally, and this is probably me just drinking too much Kool Aid here, and I, I and you you're going to roll your eyes here, but they're Cowboys are way more talented, and I I think they go in there and they should and can beat them by ten plus. Now I don't know if it will happen, but. That's where I sit at the game. Where do you where do you sit currently? Well, I've got a dumb stat for you. Uh, I love dumb won't stats. Help. Um, Washington's last eight games have been decided by the first person to score seventeen points. So that's what you look out for. Race to seventeen. That's all we race need. to seventeen, and then the game's over. All that's, right, good that's to it. know. So uh, so we'll just see what happens, and then you can turn off your TVs right then. <laughs> Once um, the team hits seventeen, just turn it off. <laughs> yeah, doesn't matter when. Um, you're good to go. I mean, and, and it is odd that uh, Washington has won 17 to 15 two weeks in a row. That's unusual. That, that um, is very unusual. <laughs> but no, I mean, I think the Cowboys win this game. I think they should win this game. I think if they don't win this game, then, you know, you, you better find that panic button. That's oh, that, yeah. I think that's a problem. They lose this game. Right now, I'm right. I'm right now the panic yeah. button's away. It's back. I think, I don't know for sure. I think it might be in my closet. Maybe in yeah, the dresser. Yeah. Maybe in I the, think the that's thing a good place for it. I don't know. But if they yeah. lose this game, get on your hands and knees and look because you better that game find is that, that bad That game boy. is at noon on Sunday around 325. I could be locating <laughs> the panic button. Hell, it might be. I mean, it might be 1 p.m. It might be when 17 is hit, right? Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tony, what you think? What you well, think? I um, – so 
my memory is not what it used to be. But in the old school Washington Dallas uh, rivalry games, it seems to me that the uh, it was always the visiting team that was pulling off the big the big win. I think uh, that's pretty accurate. It just does It just didn't. It never made sense. Washington and Dallas. Now in the, in the twenty tens uh, and twenty uh, twenty teens, I, I, the twenty teens. I think that ha- might have changed. But it seems to me back in. The Roger, uh, the Roger Staubach days, the Troy Aikman days, uh, you know, the, the team that was traveling always had the big win. And so the Cowboys are at Washington. Um, I really think this will be the first time in several weeks that Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, and Michael Gallup, all three will be healthy. And we, so we should expect Cooper 10 days rest to you be healthy. You mentioned Michael Gallup. Is he? He's one of the best toe tap catchers in the NFL. Guys, I mean, wow! Yeah, that was a hell of a catch. It, it just one of the best of the year. And so people have kind of. I was th- going into the year. I thought that if the three of them are healthy, that could be MVP. That's what I really thought because people don't give Gallup enough credit. I really think he's a very, very one of the best third wide receivers in the league. So that Lance out the team in the NFL, maybe may have. No, 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 not, not team. The wide receiver core, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Cause it allows CD land to play from the slot aggressively. Mm-hmm. But um, sure. with those three there, I really think Dallas should have no problem scoring the defense. Washington defense has gotten better as of late, but still, uh, they, with they still out. With, with Chase uh, Edmonds out. Yeah. Chase, 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 Chase Young. Chase Young. Yeah. And uh, but they're they're still weak in the secondary, and I think that Dak with those three weapons will really take advantage of it. And then if Pollard and or and or Elliott can get loose on the edges, I think that the Cowboys should not have a problem in this game. I don't think well, Washington can 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 score enough to keep up. I think the over in this game is probably the best bet of the week, but that's just me. Um, and the last thing I'll say about Elliott, he does get ten days rest. He's probably not going to practice until Thursday or Friday, and so he's going to get a full seven days, no contact. We'll see if that helps him out. He he should have sat out Thursday night, but he didn't, and so. Um, but let let's see what happens. The cow, you mentioned they're going to be fully healthy on the offensive side. They're also Demarcus Lawrence played last Thursday, and it looks like he's he 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 provided some some help for him. And then Randy Gregory's back this week, yeah. so that should help a lot. And then I, I I think I was texting pops this, and I wanted to get y'all's thoughts. Am, am I totally insane? I think Micah Parsons is, I think, rookie of the year is done. He potentially could be defensive player of the year. Can you name many more players more important to their team? That like T.J. Watt, maybe? Miles mm-hmm. Garrett, maybe? And then I think that's the list right now. His problem is Trayvon Diggs. If Trayvon Diggs sets the uh, interception record. But who's more important to the defense, though? Who's really I, I know Diggs gets those interceptions. He yeah. also gives up a touchdown. Yeah, but if Trayvon Diggs sets the NFL record for interceptions, I mean, True. you know, it's it, it's he's he's going to break Dick Night Train Lane's record. Come on, man. If you're going to break Night Train's, anything named Night Train, you're going to break yeah. their record. you got to give him the, you know, the, the MVP. But in all seriousness, though, there, uh, it's uh, he has a case for MVP. It's just it's been fun watching because it's really I I can't think and obviously I have more, I'm I like watching him more just because he has a star on his helmet. But he also <laughs> I just haven't seen a guy like him really in a while that when they put him at edge 
He seems like he's one of he's like Khalil Mack over at the edge. And then when they put him at middle linebacker, he reminds me of just a really like Fred Warner at middle. Like he reminds me of a really good cover in the field. He was the pick that uh Jaron Brown, Jaron, Jaron Hurd had that was also another good toe drag by him. But that was Michael Parsons out in coverage guarding the running back. Like Michael Parsons just does a little bit of everything. And maybe with them getting healthy on defense, we can stop changing his position every week and let him just <laughs> master one position. I that that there I would like to see them really come out and obviously I would like to, but I, I think this is a week where they can really come out and show the defense is, is a legit defense with everybody healthy. And let's see if Dak can be Dak. And if that's the case, they shouldn't be. I don't think Washington should have a chance. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Because as Pop said, the Cowboys of all teams can learn how to screw can screw something up. So yeah. we'll see. Was there yeah, any other I like, games? Uh, I like that Tony was like, yeah, games between Washington and Dallas have historically <laughs> been weird. And then I was thinking, yeah, and games between the Eagles and the Cowboys and the Giants and the Cowboys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's the main ingredient there? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when everywhere yeah, you walk things. smells like shit, check the bottom of your shoe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is McCarthy still going to be on COVID or not? I, 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 I think he'll be back for this one. Well, we're screwed. <laughs> um, I think that about does it NFL wise. Do we have anything else we need to bring up? Was there something else on your list, Pops? Are you, good? you asked a good rec- a good uh, question ah. about the LSU and Alabama receivers. I thought that was a that a, is a, a good a question. Good question. Yeah. So the question I threw out on the our email chain. I want to see what you say, Pops. It, if you could have the pro, the active NFL receivers from Alabama, or the active NFL receivers from LSU. Who are you choosing? Because there, there's some names on that I list. No, as I'm looking at this list, I'm almost I'm I'm going to go with my first impression, and and I'm going to take this is so close, but I'm going to take the Alabama receivers by a nose, and and the reason I do that uh, is because you know Amari Cooper is just as solid as he can be. He's just solid, and then the rest is all upside. Jerry Judy, uh, Waddle, and Smith, Devontae Smith. I just think the upside of those guys, but but on the other side, you've got Justin Jefferson, Jamar who? Chase, uh, DJ Chark, who had really started out the season really well. I mean, OBJ, who knows? Jarvis Landry. Uh, I mean, Justin Jefferson could potentially be like a top five receiver. Absolutely, right now. absolutely could Dude, be. Yeah. So yeah. I'd be interested to hear you guys take on that. I, I'm picking the Alabama receivers by nose, but it's not Tony. By much. Where, where do you go? I, I'm going to tell you, that's that was a great question, but I am also going to go Alabama. And you didn't mention Calvin Ridley. I mean, if you mentioned yeah. DJ Chart, Calvin Ridley? Calvin and, Ridley, and, yeah. And, and Julio Jones? I mean, Julio's yeah. out right now. Dude, I mean, I don't know how you go against it. And I'll tell you right now, for me, Jalen Waddle is one of the the best maybe the best rookie wide receiver out there if you look at what he means to that team and the volume of of targets and receptions he's getting. I, I Jalen Waddle's the real deal. Devontae Smith is just stuck in a in a in an offense right now where the quarterback likes to run more than he likes to throw and and Gardner Minshew and you don't need to say much more than that. So, but I but Justin Jefferson and and Jamar Chase, if you just those two, if you said the top 2 from yeah. Alabama and yeah. LSU, I may say LSU because those two are going to be just phenomenal wide receivers. And imagine, if you will, trying to be a cornerback in the SEC <laughs> when Waddle and Smith and Jefferson and Chase uh, are, are are all <laughs> are all in the league. Uh, it just uh, it, 
how the hell did any any team in the in the SEC even survive? Well, and, you and, know, and I poor guess they Alabama, didn't. they they had to replace those guys with now Mechie, uh, which Mechie got hurt on this. If you watch the SEC championship, they still have studs on the outside. Studs, those guys yeah. are still balling. Well, while you're um, on you that, did, Alabama, Bryce Young is the Heisman winner, isn't he? I mean, that kid, absolutely. No yeah, I think, I think he locked it in on Sunday. That guy is yeah. amazing. I think he's kind of yeah. on the small side, but wow, is he balling out. I think he plays yeah. Sundays for sure. Uh, I think with the way he played he on Saturday and the way Stroud played against Michigan the other uh, two weeks ago, I think he pretty much kind of locked it in as Heisman winner. Yeah, I think he's a Heisman winner. I don't know that he's a Sunday starter. I, I think he plays, but I don't know that he's a uh, – I, I, I think he trends somewhere between Baker Mayfield and Johnny Menzel. Hmm. Um, wow. Tony, you just you mentioned it, so I have it pulled up. Jalen Waddle is tied for second in the NFL when receptions as a rookie. That's Cooper Cup has one hundred, and then Waddle and Tyreek Hill both have eighty. Or Tyre, Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, and Keenan Allen all have eighty six. So yeah, Jalen Waddle is really good as a rookie. But then really if you click at if you just go to yards, then Justin Jefferson is number two in yards, and Jamar yeah. Chase is number five in yards. Five, so yeah, yeah. there's a great argument either way. <laughs> I I. Think, I I I want to lean at uh, LSU just because I think with Chase and Jefferson you have two like legit legit ones for the yeah. next ten years. Yeah, but that's also saying I at LJ. I'm not trying to disparage the Broncos here, but I think Jerry Judy, if he had a better quarterback, I, I'd still think he has talent to be like stud stud yeah. level receiver. He his routes are that good. He's that fast, and every now and then they'll throw a jump ball up to him and he'll go and catch it. I, I think the Broncos are a quarterback away from having a really high octane offense. With I don't those disagree. Receivers. No, I don't disagree, and I'm I'm taking Alabama uh, partially because of the rose colored glasses that I'm wearing, looking <laughs> at Jerry Judy. But uh, yeah, no, I I think I think the and and it was mentioned earlier. I think the depth at Alabama of the number of just like solid receivers, yeah, hard to beat. Yeah. Hard to While beat. I'm looking at it, I pull and since we're talking about Alabama, I, I saw this. Um, Stat from okay the the 2015 Alabama coaching staff. I'm just going to list them all off to you, and then tell you what their job is right now and their salary. Their offensive coordinator was Lane Kiffin. He's now the head coach at Ole Miss, getting paid 7.2 million. Their defensive coordinator at the time, Kirby Smart, now the head coach at Georgia, getting paid 7.1 million. Their wide receiver coach, Bill Napier, who just got the head coaching job at Florida from Louisiana, he's getting paid 7.4 million. Their offensive line coach. Mario Cristobal, he's now the head coach at Miami. He left Oregon to go to Miami, getting paid $8 million a year. And their defensive back coach on that team was Mel Tucker, who's now the head coach at Michigan State, who just signed the biggest guaranteed contract in college history, getting paid $9.5 million a year. Wow. So wow. basically, you go step on the Crimson Tide coaching staff, you're going to get paid $7 million plus at some point to be a head coach. Jeez. It's incredible. Maybe. And that's so what Nick Saban's doing there. Oh, well, we just talked about the receivers that they just they consistently year after year give out two first round picks and then put two first round picks again in the league. Right. And then head coach like what he does coaching wise. I'm not saying Saban's like solely credit for building. Maybe he's just good at finding good head good assistants, but man, there's something going on out. What Saban's doing there is truly, truly remarkable. Remarkable. I mean, look at I mean I, I don't know if this has ever happened, but you've got three starting quarterbacks in the NFL from the same 
program within a five-year stretch. Jalen Hurts. They were all on the team at the same time. Hurts, Tua, and Mac Jones. I I, I just can't I, I can't remember that ever happening happening before. I just can't I can't think of any any time that that because I, I think was Brady were Brady and Bledsoe on the same Michigan team together. I, I could be completely wrong about uh, that. No, no, Bledsoe I mean, was they were like on the Washington same. or something. Washington. Oh, yeah, okay, they were on the same yeah. Patriots who was team. But who was in front of Brady? Brady, Brady had Drew Henson. That's it, Henson. <laughs> yeah. Henson. Yeah. So yeah. he didn't uh, quite pan out as well. No. That's it. But it's just crazy. It's just cr- it, it, it's crazy to the how talented that team in the last five years has been. Offense. It's just crazy, and they're still that. Um, so I, I, I yeah. Now they're now they're the number one seed and favorite to win the championship again. Man. Oh poor. It's just it, if you're an Alabama fan, just yeah. enjoy it because these last. I, Oh, Cincinnati, whatever, welcome years. to the party. <laughs> welcome to the party, party pal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and maybe they can win, but boy, it's going to be tough. So we'll yeah. see. Uh, I did want to. Have y'all seen some of the stuff going on with the name, image, name, image, and likeness stuff in college? Some of the news going on. I, I kind of want to bring this up because I think LJ, we got a bougie problem to to hit on as we wrap up later. Mm-hmm. But uh, so one big boosters have learned that it is very dangerous investing in these college athletes at this young age. Uh, now they have the money to play with as we just laid out all those different coaches getting yeah. paid seven, eight, nine million dollars. They're fine. Um, but just this year we had Spencer Rattler who signed an 800, who's made $800,000 reportedly in NIL deals. Now he's in the transfer portal after getting benched at Oklahoma. DJ Ungalele, the Clemson quarterback was supposed to be a big stud. He signed a big deal to be the Dr. Pepper commercial and Clemson's kind of right of the ship a little bit, but they weren't near what they thought. And then you got the guy that's learned how to really finesse the game, Quinn Ewers. Have y'all heard much about this Quinn Ewers guy? No. So he was last year, he was the highest ranked, the tied for the highest ranked recruit ever at quarterback. Him and Trevor Lawrence were the only ones given a perfect rating by 24-7 sports. And he was instead of being a senior, staying at South Lake Carroll to be a senior there. Which Texas has rules where you cannot, as a high school, get paid in any uh, name, in, image, and likeness deals. And actually, Texas colleges also have a deal where you can't be paid incentives to attend the school. Now they get around that. I'll tell you in just a second. But so what Quinn Ewers decided to do was he was going to he graduated early from South Lake Carroll. He went to Ohio State and signed a one point four million dollar autograph deal to go enroll early to be at Ohio State. Well. This week now, after being a redshirt freshman, he's decided he's going to enter the transfer portal. And his top three schools are Texas, Texas Tech, TCU, and A&M was on there, but he dropped out. (laughs) So he all along knew he wanted to play in Texas. But he's like, I'm going to go to Ohio State, finesse them for a million dollars real quick, and then transfer. I just hope this autograph deal didn't have him sign any – Ohio State gear, because clearly that's not worth much. (laughs) And what's better is – Supposedly, uh, there's the reports out that the the deals being offered to him right now between these Texas schools are similar to the same compensation as a first round pick in the NFL draft. The dude has only taken three snaps in college. He took three snaps and I think a spring game in high in at Ohio State, and now he's gonna maybe get which he might be a stud, but it's just it kind of has some people worried about. Is this good for all the people that were worried about college athletes getting paid all this money? And they're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe they're this kid just is making all this money off of them. Well, if they got enough money to pay all these buyouts and all yeah, these coaches they're making and stuff, enough money off of them. So good for Quinn Ewers making some money off mm-hmm. them. If there's some I, I've long been the, the, the page of if someone's willing to pay you one point four million dollars to go to Ohio State for a year and you were able to get that money out of them. 
Well, that's their problem, not yours. They, you know, get paid what you're willing to pay. Where do I sign? Willing to pay you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's go. It is interesting. I mentioned, I just kind of want to bring up. So Texas, as I said, doesn't allow NIL deals as an incentive to in- attend the school. But it looks like the University of Texas, and I think all of them are fine in this way around, but the, the University of Texas has found a way where they have this group called the Horns with Heart. And they <laughs> offer NIL deals to players in exchange for supporting charities, not for attending Texas ah. for supporting charities. Oh. And the Horns with Heart pays, they have one that's called the, the Pancake Foundation, and it pays literally any scholarship offensive lineman $50,000 instantly. As soon as you get to Texas, you're paid $50,000. <laughs> so they're finding their way. And I think this like things like the Horns with Heart is pretty much what's doing this Quinn Ewers deal, where he's pretty, by the time you're listening to this, he's probably going to be, committed to the University of Texas for a huge deal. And it's just interesting how they're finding all these ways around. They can't, they can't pay you to play football, but they can pay you to support a charity, which Mm -hmm. if you go to Texas, that helps us a little bit, but we really are just paying you to support the charity. It's just great. Yeah. And I have no problem with it. Yeah. It must be good to have discretionary funds. That's all I got to say. It, yeah, you know, someone's willing to I, pay it. I, I'm gonna pay a I'm gonna pay a kid to to be to go to a charity or I'm gonna buy an NFT. I, I'll pay the kid <laughs> to buy this. At some point in time, everybody's gonna figure out why am I paying this much for a picture made out of digital shit. I'm gonna just. <laughs> but I think I could, that, that, it, I think I can just right click and it, copy. I mean, yeah, and so I'm you know I, eventually yeah come to Texas here here's a dollar. Well, you know what? If I had on just that crazy discretionary money i like arkansas a whole lot i might pay i mean i've already spent enough money doing stupid stuff so why don't i pay something that actually will give me enjoyment who knows <laughs> um i think that wraps up our football talk for the day i want to before we get out of here uh usually pops is the one giving us bougie problems and he's been on the road so he might have one i don't know we haven't been told but uh, lj did you tell me that you had a bougie problem did have a bougie problem yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, can, can, can you enlighten the class bougie. so um so Andrew and I were living the middle schoolers dream uh, recently. We had football on Mountain Dew. N- no, oh. actually, but uh, Code Red. Um, but we had uh, so one big TV with football on, and then two smaller TVs where we were playing Rocket League together. It was perfect. We spent the entire Sounds Sunday great. doing this. Yes. Problem is, all three of these televisions, the remote works on all of them. <laughs> every single one. Um, and then there's a, there's even bigger kicker. The volume up on the big TV for the football game changes the channel on the two smaller ones. <laughs> so it's you like turn the volume up on the game and we have to stand up and push the buttons to turn our TV back to input one. So we can play our stupid rocket league game. I don't know why they've made these TVs all work on the same remote. That makes no sense. They're not the same brand. I don't understand it. Um, it just makes me angry. But I don't like understand that. why the volume button turns the channel on another one. Like it'd be one thing if you can't turn up one TV without turning up another. That, I mean, that would be annoying. Yeah. But you get around it. But the channel. Like, that's and you know just... what the funny thing is? The TV behind me, the remote for that works on all three of those other TVs as well. It is insanity. This house is insanity. All remotes work on all TVs, but wrong. Well, at least you don't have to worry about when you lose your remote, you'll avoid yes, that. Yes, you do, because problem. you don't know how to change the channel. You just know how to turn the volume up or vice versa. It's so. Man. Uh, I sure hope y'all are wearing those aluminum foil hats while y'all play those games, because obviously there's some kind of radiation hanging around in that house. So, 
You better put on, put that aluminum foil. Oh, we wear those everywhere. Don't worry. Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) Pops, did you have anything from the road to share? Either a bougie problem or just, you know, tales from the road? Well, I will, I will share this. Um, So, so we, we played golf. Tammy and I did, uh, which I guess is a bougie problem to begin with. (laughs) Here we go. We've already had the golf appear on Bougie Problems once. So we're playing golf and and this is on Thursday afternoon. So we're, you know, wanting to go watch the Cowboys play that night. Right. So we're within three blocks of, of a place called Texadelphia is the name of the restaurant, which already gives me a little pause because I mean, I'm a Dallas fan and it's Texadelphia. Uh, but they have really good Philly cheesesteak sandwiches and cold beer, and they really had all that. So we go in after the golf game to kind of scope it out because it's walking distance. We can stumble back to our house, which, by the way, this house, we got this teeny tiny house, probably about the size of of your living room, Kevin. I mean, it was it's small, really small. But at any rate, so we get there. We meet the 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 owner, or the uh, franchisee of the restaurant, Billy. He's a cool guy, man. He gives us some koozies and all that. And we talk about we're going to come back for the game. Oh man, I put down this big screen TV right here. You probably want to sit back there, you know, and kind of get here early and get your seat. And so, oh, this is all great. This is wonderful. So we go back and we get ready to watch the game. We go about six to make sure we get our table. Well. There really was no problem for that and the other two people in the restaurant. We could we could have gotten any seat we wanted. Here's the problem. Nine o'clock, they shut the mother down. <laughs> Wait a minute. What? All afternoon I've been talking to Billy, the guy that franchises it, telling him we're gonna come back and watch the game. We're scoping it out. And he goes, Yeah, man, we got cold beer, we got the best cheese dip, all that stuff. He never mentions, but we closed yeah, we close somewhere else. <laughs> Midway through the third quarter, right before Pollard breaks a long run, we're going to close. We're going to close. And I'm like, well, I'll be uh, going to hell. What the, what's up with that? They run on East Coast time. You ain't got uh, to go then, home, so, but you can't stay here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Luckily, we did go back and figured out how to get it on our little Roku TV. At the well, so that's what of. I was going to ask, Pops. I got a text from Pops around, I guess it was right around 9 o'clock on Thursday, and it was how he could log in, how he could watch the game through streaming services. And uh, so I had texted him. I didn't hear a response, a response back for a while. So you did have, did you have trouble with that, Pops, or was that? No, I, I just got home and it, it said there was the, the Fox News channel was on the live TV, whatever feed. And, and there it was. There was a game. So it happened a lot easier than I thought. Um, okay, well, see, I was concerned just because I know you're a tech savvy person, <laughs> but I was just concerned when I got that text message because I was like, "Uh oh, let's see if he, I, I did give you some options." So I'm glad to know that you were able to find that because <laughs> Billy didn't let you know that he's going to close at the start of the third. Well, quarter. I thought we were going to be there. You know, I was. Let's just say I was a little tad liquored up. You know, so it wasn't. Like, <laughs> well, I imagine he also talked you into getting there at six so you could start the beer yeah, early before yeah. the game because there wouldn't be seats. Crazy. I think the reason. The reason that it wasn't as packed and you were able to find a seat so quickly is because the rest of the crowd knew that it closed at 9 o'clock. Mm. So that might not be the perfect venue to watch a football game at. I mean, Billy sure didn't tell me that. That's the only thing. <laughs> Love you, Billy. You're a good guy, but you got to let a brother know. Let a brother know. Come on. Good cheesesteaks, though? A good cheesesteaks. They had this oh, mustard kind steak. of sauce that was on it, kind of a little bit of touch of honey in it or something, but it was real savory with a, just a touch of sweet. Mm. I'm, it was... The, the the Philly cheesesteak sandwiches at Texadelphia, go get one. Good. The founder. Good, that's the one Before you want. Nine. The founder, huh? Before nine. Before nine. Before nine. Yeah. <laughs> Before nine. 
Um, and Pops mentioned he was liquored up. Uncle Tony, I just saw you top off or finish a drink over there. So yes. as we tell the people goodbye, can we also let them know what Uncle Tony's drinking tonight? We can. Uncle Tony is drinking. Was drinking. Was drinking a brown derby. So let me give you a little back. Uh, back that story. sounds a little bad. <laughs> Born on the posh Sunset Boulevard in West Hollywood. The Brown Derby is a vestige of 1930s glitz and glamour, a heady mix of bourbon, grapefruit, and honey. It was created at the Vendome Club, one of the first celebrity-driven restaurants to appear on the Sunset Strip. And if you've been on the Sunset Strip, you know what I'm talking about. Which was then owned by Hollywood reporter, founder, and playboy Billy Wilkerson. The drink was named to honor the nearby restaurant, the Brown Derby. Uh, have known at the birthplace of the Cobb salad for anybody out there that oh, likes Cobb salads. Yeah. The Brown Derby was the found, uh, birthplace of that. And it was actually built in the, in the shape of a brown hat. If you look up Brown, uh, Brown Derby, Derby on Google, as long as you're not on Mexican Google, you'll see the, the picture of the restaurant. <laughs> you're on Mexican Google. I don't know. I'm not sure what you'll see, but it's one and a half. <laughs> I, it's, don't yeah, don't, I'm too don't busy do googling it. Mike Zimmer's girlfriend. Don't, sorry. yeah, don't especially don't don't Google Mike Zimmer's girlfriend and Brown Derby at the same time. You don't do it. Okay, so here's what the drink here's what the drink oh entails: Lord. one and a half ounces bourbon, three quarter ounce grapefruit juice, uh, and this is the kicker: three quarter ounce honey syrup. And 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 this is my favorite. Any drink right now that has honey syrup in it, I, I'm drinking it. And and, and a, a garnish of grapefruit. And honey syrup is where you take honey and you mix it and make it uh, almost like a simple syrup, but it's honey and 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 water. And you just mix it one to one and a half. It's really good. But mm. the, I can tell you this browner with the the bitterness of the grapefruit and the sweetness of that honey syrup and bourbon. How can you go wrong with that? <laughs> Uh, it's, it's, this is a <laughs> nothing really good else drink. to be said. Nothing else. I will be drinking more of these. So the Brown Derby, great drink, great hmm. drink. All the right. Brown Derby. So drink the Brown Derby. Do not drink Google Mike Zimmer's Don't, girlfriend and Brown Derby. Yes. On Mexican good. Google. Okay. Uh, American Google, you're fine. Mexican Google. Don't no, don't do it. <laughs> All right. Well, before before I get before we get into any trouble here, yeah, we're going to go ahead. And, <laughs> we're going to go ahead and wrap up the pod there. Jesus. Uh, make sure if you're not already, like uh, follow us on Facebook or Twitter, and uh, and then wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher, make sure you're subscribed to us, rate and review us, leave us a comment, let us know what you think, and uh, we'll be back next week, hopefully. With after the Cowboys give a resounding victory over over the Washington football team and and the and the conference feels or division feels more in hand because yeah. right now I don't know where that panic button is but I might have it for next episode. <laughs> Cowboys Cardinals bet that parlay, gentlemen, bet that parlay. Money line or with the spread? Spread, baby, take them, take them. All, right. All right, you heard it right there. Put the parlay in. All right, guys, I will catch you guys next week. Peace. Peace. Here already. <laughs> yeah, so Mike Zimmer's 65. She's 38. Wow. Oh, wow. She's pretty. Yeah. Huh? Good for you, bud. That's that, pic- that picture was 38? That picture was not 38. That's a young 38, huh, Tom? Well, I just know that he's going to have a lot 38 of Mexican years. <laughs> because I think he's going to be out of work. But he's, yeah, hey, he's going to retire. That's the... 
he could he could live the life of a, a you know, retired millionaire. What a deal! Well, if he doesn't retire, he might. Either way, I think he's going to have the free time. Either retirement <laughs> or fire, one of the two. Yeah, one of the two. He keeps calling defense like that with one second left against the Lions. And no yeah, I think I think he <laughs> freaking. Mike Zimmer. I love it. Line up on the back of the end zone. Three <laughs> <laughs> yeah, men. They did it on the other side, too. Like, you think it was just bad on this side. It, 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 they could have thrown on the right side, too. It was yeah. wide open that side, the too. Only, the only person they covered was TJ Hawkinson, and they triple covered him. Everybody else was wide open. It's like, they're not going to throw it. To, anyway, it was crazy. He's probably on your fantasy team, right? They probably He is. TJ Hawkinson, <laughs> was a, he, he was. But he, they they said, we got to triple cover him. That's a bone yeah. hammer right there. That's a bone hammer. <laughs> yeah, a bone there you hammer. go. That was a CYA, is what that was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joe. I'm gonna get, go get ready for work. Yeah, good night, Bye, Joe. Bye, Joe. Enjoy, guys. Awesome. Bye. Awesome. Peace. See you later. See ya.